HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, your host, joined by my other host, Katie Mosen-Wadler. Hey, Kat. Happy Thursday. What up? What up? And also, obviously, we have Hannah Forden here, our program manager. Happy Thursday. Nice to see you. Yes. I missed you today. We've been out of the office today. Sorry, Hannah. We've been running all over. Thanks for holding down the fort, Hannah. We missed you, too. I just said I don't go to Manhattan, and we were definitely in Manhattan like 30 I minutes ago. Like, <laughs> and we're going tomorrow. And I'm going back right after this. It's Saxelby Scholar season, so I have been in Manhattan a lot, which is, is nice because we get to go hang out at the Food and Finance High School uh, with our friends over there. But it really throws me for a loop to be taking the train into the city multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I got nothing for you, Kat. <laughs> um, shout out to fellow Manhattanite, our awesome engineer in the booth, Amanda Wang. Hey, oh. <laughs> we're, we're half and half, actually, today. Manhattan versus Brooklyn. Yes. I'll have you know. It's represent. even. It's even. Um, we are so excited. Our guests today are from neither Brooklyn nor Manhattan. What? They are what else from is there? way out of town. The, the, other, the other Manhattan, as we call it. I we think don't it's call actually it that, the other Brooklyn. East Nashville is. There's a hint, guys. <laughs> Our guests are from Nashville, Tennessee today. We have Brian Riggenbach and Mikey Corona, the duo behind The Mockingbird in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome. Hi. Yay. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for being here. This is exciting. How, when did you get to New York? We got in yesterday, so kind of hit the ground running. And so say. far, what's it been like? So far, so good. We had a lot of, a lot of interviews and... You know, I'm filming tomorrow, so it's just been it's been great. What are you uh, filming? Can uh, you say? I can say that I'm competing on Beat Bobby Flay. Yay! Mm. Does that mean you're going to try to beat Bobby Flay? I will crush him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I expect nothing less. I love it. I can't wait to I love watch it. it. It's going to be super crazy, though, because I kind of, I have a crush on Bobby Flay. So That's what is... I thought Brian said for a second. No. I'm going to crush him. I was like, I have a crush on like, Bobby Flay. Yeah. Or are you going to crush the crush? the competition. Oh, he's going to crush the crush. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the spinoff show. Oh, that would be so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we are so excited to talk to you guys more. Um, really quick hint about some of the things we're talking about. So your partner in The Mockingbird is one of our favorite people of all time, Manit Chohan. Yay! Yes. So, Hi, Manit. Hi, Manit. We Hi, love Manit. you. We, she better be listening to this. Um, okay, so yes, more to come soon. I can't wait to hear all about the restaurant because the website's beautiful and I've never been to the restaurant itself, but I'm man, I'm a sucker for a good website restaurant. Thanks. Restaurant website. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Okay, but first we have a couple quick announcements. I'm gonna, first. I'm gonna pass on this one because it's sold out, and I don't want to disappoint anybody after the mezcal <laughs> fiasco. Too bad, guys. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. You missed all the fun. Um, <laughs> but guess what? There's more fun coming up. Um, so, questions for you. 
Have you ever wanted to open a restaurant? Maybe. Have you ever wanted to launch your own food brand? Yeah. Have you ever wanted to dive into the world of food media where we all are swimming? For sure. Well, first thing, you might be a crazy person. But second thing, we're going to tell you how to do it. Um, So come join some of our favorite food world insiders for a very special live podcast event um, prevented by presented by hrn (laughs) prevented (laughs) you guys been a long day okay and it's gonna be at haven's kitchen in manhattan which if you haven't been is just this amazing oasis of all things cooking and food related um and it is owned by our very own ali kane host of in the sauce who will be our gracious host that evening um the evening is going to be um, emceed by the incomparable Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott, who are the hosts of Life's a Banquet, which if you aren't listening, I just I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, and they're going to lead us through tales of the good, the bad, the transformative from um, Dana Cowan, host of Speaking Broadly. Um, Eli Sussman and his brother Max Sussman. Eli is the host of The Line, and together they co-own restaurants and a brand new food brand. And of course, Ali Kane, our host, will also be speaking with a special guest to be announced soon. Um, So I hope you'll be there. It's going to be informative. It's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining. And there will be a lot of really delicious snacks. I just learned there will be a beautiful spread of smoked salmon from our friends at Paris Gourmet, who we love. So um, check out tickets. Um, It's going to be June 3rd at 6.30 p.m. You can buy tickets on Eventbrite, uh, and you can find information on our social media or on our website. Okay, so that's going to bring us right on into our headlines. Yep. I'm hungry for salmon. (laughs) Our new season is here. We are in full swing. And some of our shows returned with an eye towards summer reading. you got to get ready for your beach reading lists. Yep. So, uh, of course, we turn to our stalwart show about food and books, Eat Your Words, where Kathy Irway gets in some tropical vibes when she calls up Alana Kizar. And I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your last name because I have yet to listen to this episode, but it's on my playlist. Author of Aloha Kitchen, Recipes from Hawaii. Alana shares insights on why spam is so beloved. Definitely can vouch for that. Why pineapples do not immediately make a dish Hawaiian. What makes poke so good and so much more. So are you saying that pineapple upside down cake is not Hawaiian? <laughs> I'm not not saying that, but I'm not saying that. Well, it's good either way. Um, also keeping on the book's uh, theme, on Feast Your Ears, Harry Rosenblum gets retro with guest Sarah Arch- Archer, author of The Mid-Century Kitchen. Do you ever wonder where those cool colors in the 50s and 60s came from or why Tupperware wasn't a hit right off the bat or what the kitchen of tomorrow looked like in 1957? You can tune in to Feast Your Ears to find out the answers to all of these questions. That sounds right up my alley. I can't wait for it. Um, so for a couple more book-focused episodes to check out on Cutting the Curd, uh, Diane Stemple interviews former New Yorker editor Emily Reese Nunn about her memoir, Comfort Food Diaries. And finally, on the food scene, Michael Harlan Turkel welcomes Emily Elise Miller, author of the newest fight on Bible, Breakfast, the Cookbook, with nearly four hundred breakfast recipes from over 80 countries which sounds just really heavenly what's better than breakfast nope nothing can we all just agree that breakfast is best should we start our interview there yes Uh, yes please brian and mikey thoughts on breakfast breakfast love it (laughs) love it love it love it i have a love-hate relationship with it we have a very busy brunch at the restaurant oh explain explain so it's we make all these fabulous pastries oversized donuts giant like Eight-inch donuts, and the flavor changes every week, and we've never repeated it. Eight-inch donuts? And our uh, breakfast taco is, like, uh, 14 inches, and it's flour. It's one single taco? It's one single, just fat-ass taco. I love you. (laughs) With, like, there's egg, there's potato, there's cheese, and beans, and chorizo are all stuffed in there. Bless you. And it is, it's... It, it pays like um, homage to my hometown of Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, because breakfast tacos are what I grew up on, and the bigger, like the better there. <laughs> Everything's so, bigger in Texas for sure. And so I was like, <laughs> we have to bring that here to Nashville, uh, or there to Nashville. We're not here actually. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Brian took a shot at it, and I was like, this tastes like home. Put it on the menu. It's pretty fantastic. Oh we God. sell a lot. It's a called lot. Taco the Town. <laughs> Taco the <laughs> Town. So now that you let that cat out of the bag, 
Can you talk about your menu and the names, please? Is, uh, he's a pun factory, so just it's, get, get Are ready. they all coming from Mikey? Yeah. yeah. So wow. I got one on the menu, and I was really proud of it. And then, <laughs> yeah, then we changed it. Brian, it was what good. was yours? Mine was um, a braised lamb shank, and we called it Sheep Thrills. I love it. <laughs> we love sheep thrills. But is lamb is a lamb a sheep? Is a sheep a lamb? Nobody it's knows. It's a young yeah. lamb. Is it? Yeah. Though? It's a young sheep. I mean, a lamb is a young. You're sheep. allowed. You're allowed some wiggle room in the pun department. I think. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Hey, listen, Mikey's I don't, a, a rigid yeah, pun <laughs> generator. Listen, I don't mean to be lactose intolerant. So. Oh. I will. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that one hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a dad thing. So uh, we used to run an underground supper in Chicago for like eight years, and every month it was a different theme. And so uh, Brian would create the dishes and I would name them to go along with whatever theme uh, was happening that month. And uh, so when we opened our first restaurant, it was just instinctively like my duty to name the dishes. It's like uh, a reflex. Like, it, yeah, it is. I, I couldn't. I was like twitching. I was like, yeah. so when can I name them? When can I name them? When can I name them? Do you ever <laughs> rename a dish? Uh, no. Ooh, good question. That might you confuse make a new guests. Dish. Yeah. It, yeah, it might confuse guests for sure. I know sometimes uh, when I make a really, really bad pun, then later I like think of the better one and I try to go back, yeah. but it's hard to go back. It's right? like a tattoo. That I just got to like live past. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so talk about some, some of the other dishes, either former or current, um, that, that have, I mean, I love all the names so much. Yeah. So I just want you to pick a few. Like, uh, the, don't worry. Brie happy is like, uh, <laughs> our, our version of Mac and cheese. Uh, I'm sorry. Of grilled cheese. Uh, and it's got this like wonderful chimichurri sauce on top of it. And it is just, it's, it's all the things It's like sweet. It's got some like acid. Uh, but, uh, the titles, um, are designed to remind guests that life is too short. Like you're here to have a good time. Food shouldn't be taken that seriously. Although it is a serious nature for the kitchen and these are serious recipes, but the guests are uh, here to have a good time. And so that's just kind of what that reminder is. So the Don't Worry, Brie Happy is very popular. Um, the Flock Yes is like really popular at brunch, which is our fried chicken over uh, um, house-made biscuits. Yeah, house-made biscuits, a chorizo gravy gets yes. poured over top. Do you ever have customers who like order one thing and then they say, just kidding, no, the other one, just because they want to say all of the names back <laughs> yeah. to you? There was, uh, there was a customer I spoke with last weekend. Uh, it was like this 15-year-old kid. And he uh, has been for the past couple of years like coming up with puns that are food related. And so his parents were like, you, like my son belongs here with y'all. He might actually be your son. Aww. So I was like, son. He was like, dad. Aww. It was great. It was absolutely Have fantastic. Have you hired him yet? No, he's 15. I have to wait until like, oh. he's a couple of years older. Yeah. I started but working I in a restaurant when I was 14. Yeah. That's a thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Get that, that kid a work, get a work permit. permit. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was in high school when I got a work permit in Corpus. I was a dishwasher mm-hmm. and I loved working. It was like the funnest thing. Yeah. Uh, so like it would you'd go to school half day, right? And then no, the other I, half. I went to school regular. Really? Yeah. I worked in a diner, which was like not great hours, but I worked in the what? diner on Friday nights and on the weekends. What city? Uh, South Berwick, Maine. Okay. Not well. When it's calling it a city, would be a pretty far stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is true. I guess you could. I should ask him if. Uh, yeah, well, you you're go. welcome, kid. Yeah. Young recruit. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because you said you're so busy at brunch. Like, get that help in there. It's bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it, it, within a matter of, because we're open from like ten thirty to two thirty, and so within that like short amount of time, we're doing like three hundred and fifty or four hundred people, and it's oh my God. I don't know if you know how brunch is, but people are uh, pretty hungover from like the day before, or they just wake up and they're like, "I'm starving. I want all the things, and I wanted them five minutes ago." So it's like, well, yeah, I feel like any just, city with like a like a awesome nightlife is gonna yeah. have like an equally awesome or not awesome depending on how you look at it like yeah. brunch crowd <laughs> like brunch so, in a music town yes yeah. it Nashville, hurts to think about it for sure yeah. demanding do you only do it on the weekends or yeah, is it yeah just on Saturday okay. Sunday so how long has the restaurant been open and did you start with brunch off the bat or did you phase brunch in so we've been open about a year and a half it'll be two years in August 
which is super exciting. Yay! Yay! That's close. You're close yeah. to yeah. Yeah, we're, we're we're right around the corner. Um, we phased into it, so we actually just started with Sunday brunch, mm. and then due to like a city, they were like cl- doing a water line or something, so we did close on a Sunday, and so we did brunch on Saturday. Thinking, oh, that's fine. It'll be a one-off. Who comes to brunch on Saturday? Turns out, everybody. Turns yeah. out, everyone does. It's more popular than our Sundays. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy yeah. town. Wow. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's I, so... like it's great as a business owner, but it's and I'm not mad. I'm confused. <laughs> every day, like we'll, we'll have the pre-shift, and there's people lining up at the door, and I'm like, it is. 10, 15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you have anything better to do with your life? No. No, no, no. It's great. Yeah, they Come do. in. They give want, me your money. They like, want your eggs. <laughs> yeah. They want, they want that time. Do you take reservations? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. For brunch, even? You have to, yeah. like, have reservations for brunch or else uh, it goes on about an hour to an hour and a half wait or so. Wow. Oh, gosh. Uh, all yeah. walk-ins we, we send to the bar, and that fills up within, like, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we, we did phase into brunch. So initially we opened for dinner mm-hmm. and then did that for like uh, two months or so and then phased into lunches and then tacked on the uh, brunch. Like we didn't want to open like full swing with with all shifts because th- that is just a recipe for disaster, um, at least for, for us. Like we wanted to get our legs with each shift first before like putting on other ones. So it was, it was uh, strategic in that sense. But uh, it's... We're in full swing now. Brunch, lunch, dinner. It's, it's the whole, that's the amazing. whole shebang. The so whole before we get into like other like like nitty gritty restaurant, I want to hear like more of the backstory. Mm-hmm. But I have a kind of a question, burning question, because <laughs> I think we know how like brunch and dinner food can differ a lot. But do you find that you have staff that is like brunch, like they can do brunch super well or like love doing brunch shifts and then like conversely staff that's like no nah, I'm I'm dinner. Yeah, I think you definitely see It's a whole that. they're two different breeds. <laughs> they yeah. are different breeds of people because yeah. one's like turn and burn and the other has a little more finesse and mm. a little more slob to it. Yeah. They're just so so different oh, from a guest perspective oh, so for I can't sure. imagine. It's well, like a there's like a flow and an Alice. Do you remember that show Mel's Diner? Like, oh, yeah. Kiss yeah. my grits. <laughs> but then, like, Alice was more, like, refined and, like, flow. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the flow-Alice effect. Mm. And who yeah. can deal with hungover people? Flow. <laughs> yeah. Flow. She's like, oh, honey, you're just going to have to drink some coffee. You're, you're not ready for another mimosa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes people just need to be told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are there blue laws in Tennessee for weekend brunch time there were okay um can you explain what blue blue laws are uh who me yeah or anybody they're like religious laws oh i've never heard it called alcohol blue laws yeah Um, i didn't know that was the term serving until like like, new york you can't get a mimosa before noon on sunday yeah yeah you can stay at the bar until 4 a.m yeah but if you want to go have brunch like a responsible person at 10 you can't have a drink (laughs) see i'm from alabama i thought it was just sunday (laughs) blue laws got it because christy probably knows a thing or two about those yeah for sure yeah but nashville is the buckle of the bible bell so bless bless your heart bless your heart (laughs) we uh recently just uh started selling wine in grocery stores and now, as of this year, you can buy liquor on Sundays and wine. Actually, not even as this year. It's like maybe the past four months or so. Yeah. That that's oh. very exciting. Yeah. Party time. We're just yeah. coming to the 21st century. Welcome. Well, you're way ahead of New York. So. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's wind way back. How did you guys meet and how did you end up working with Manit on this restaurant concept? So Brian and I met 15 years ago at a house party. Uh, we had both just recently moved to Chicago. Uh, Brian uh, was going to uh, the School of the Art Institute, and I was going to Columbia. Uh, so we were both studying the arts, um, and uh, we were at this house party, and somebody was like, oh, there's somebody else that just moved here from Houston, Texas, uh, just like I had maybe a month before that. And so I was like, oh, I've got to know them. I know everybody in Texas. Uh, and so they introduced us, and um, we just hit it off and uh, kind of have been inseparable ever since. But uh, we hung out for the first, like, three or four months just waxing poetic about life and art and all of that other kind of stuff you do, like, in the early stages of a relationship. 
and um, we were just like buddies. And then Brian created this like three course meal for me one night. And no one had ever done that. I was, you know, in my early 20s, Brian in his earlier 20s. And I just thought it was like the sweetest thing. And so what did he make for you? Um, well, the when, one dish I remember um, that we would prepare yearly for our pop-up suppers during Valentine's uh, is a carrot star anise soup. And it just, I remember tasting it and I was like, this is life-changing. Uh, it was it's just something so different and unique that I'd ever had. And you can almost just like taste the love in it. And so after that meal, we, uh, we became official and became a couple. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so that's when I realized like, oh, you're not just a great like uh, painter and, um, you know, fine Other arts artist. Skills. You're a, a great, <laughs> you're a great Other cook. Skills. Yeah. And so we started having friends uh, come over on Sundays because uh, we were working as servers while we were going to school. And Sundays were the only days that we really had off and all of our buddies had off. So we would do these dinner parties for our friends. And slowly over time, it was like friends of friends uh, started coming and Brian would just make these huge spreads. And so it's like, we need to start a blog to, to follow this. And from that blog, uh, people started contacting us seeing how they can come to our dinners. And so it was like, we might be onto something. Uh, so we started charging and uh, would invite uh, strangers into our home once a month. Um, and it started out with about 20 people or so. Yeah, 20, 25 people. We had like an old brownstone. Mm -hmm. So it was hilarious. We had the whole second floor and we would just move all the furniture and set up these big tables with mixed match chairs and cook a five course dinner out of this little tiny kitchen the size of, you know. Yeah, our bedroom became like a prep room. There would be like an ironing board that we were like plating on. Yeah. Two questions. Did you enlist friends to help you? And like what neighborhood were you in in Chicago? We were Yes, in Lakeview. Yeah. Okay. Also known as Boys Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was great. Uh, we did that for like eight years. But for the first year, we had like 20 to 30 people coming. And it was in our living room. So we would move all of our living room furniture into our bedroom closet. And like it was just conver- <laughs> like our second bedroom was turned into a bar. The New Yorkers in the room, our eyes are falling out of our heads right now. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> You have a closet that fit furniture? What does that mean? And then you had another bedroom? You had the bedroom and another bedroom? I don't get it. I don't get it. It was like a folding chair and it's like, yeah, it wasn't crystal clear on the sides of the bedroom. It wasn't like oversized, really expensive furniture. t shirts stacked in a corner. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was a bedroom by name only. 1,200 square feet or so was like the size of our apartment that we were squeezing 30 people into with one bathroom. Bathroom. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> totally up to code. Totally, totally up to code. legal. Yeah. And so once we started getting that big, we were like, okay, we do have to become legit. So uh, we started a catering company and we would prepare all of our foods out of a shared kitchen space, like an incubator kitchen mm. in Chicago. And then we started renting out spaces uh, to do these pop-up suppers. And uh, whenever we couldn't rent a space, we would just take over an alleyway or a park and then hope that we wouldn't get busted and set up tables and chairs and do these dinners for like 50 people uh, at a time. And it was, it was wild. This is sounding like true life hotbox. Yeah. Have you seen the the Lee Brothers new book? No. Called Hotbox. They went undercover as caterers in New York for four years. Like with like Sonia and Castle and like big firms. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's like, it's going to be all too real for you. Okay, good. I need to watch Highly recommend. Um, so Brian, did you, had you had like formal cooking training at this point? No, no, I'm self-taught. I Go, and in, still, you you still haven't. Still, no, I have a fine arts background. Awesome. On paper. How, so how did you get into cooking and. Cooking was huge in our family. Like we were always the house that hosted like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. And, um, we'd prepare this just enormous spread. There'd be like three different types of turkey and like a whole side of fish and brisket and, you know, like. 30 sides and one table would just be full of pies and then another table of desserts. I mean, we'd cook for a week and it was always kind of ingrained in me. And I took that and kept cooking and traveled a lot when I was much younger and, you know, learned to cook. Like I was 
in the Ligurian coast and learned how to make pesto from my friend's mom. And well, yeah, because he dropped out of college and moved to Europe. Fact. Like, <laughs> every, like, you know, forlorn artist does. Like, oh, I hate Florida. I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> it's Florida, though. Yeah. Where in Florida were you at the time? I grew up in Naples. But okay. I went to FSU for a semester. Oh, no. I went to Auburn and... We don't like FSU. It's okay. Because okay. well, you, yeah. you left he and went left. to Europe. He yeah, right. He's like, screw this. I'm Good going to, decision. I'm going to Italy. <laughs> Sold everything I owned and moved to Paris. And it was great. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I was super poor. And I learned a lot of life lessons. So. Yeah. And so like when we met, he had been back in the States, I guess, for like, what, four or five years or so. And he would like have like cut up bread and like charcuterie and cheese i was like this isn't queso what what the heck is happening here and he was like no they just like i was like it looks like a build your own like uh sandwich of sorts like i, I don't get it he right. was like your queso is like really undercooked yeah, your queso is not ready <laughs> so he just had a more sophisticated palate like at a lot earlier age than like any of us did uh that were in our circle of friends and so it was it was he would like introduce this like uh, these dishes and cuisine to us, and it, it was extraordinary. It still is. He still is like pushing boundaries. Like uh, you know, the couple of times I found like um, pork nipples in the freezer or like a whole rabbit in there, and I'm like, what the h is going on here? This is disturbing. And well, he, like, the rabbit chased... came from a farmer friend of mine. Sure, as they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a it was like it, a, it's the size of our dog. It is, oh my God. and it fell out of the freezer when he opened yeah, the door. Yeah, and I was like, and so, then when God, a rabbit is cleaned, it doesn't actually look that different. No, no, sweet bear and a no, it doesn't. But they taste so good. I know. They're well, they're the, one of the most sustainable meats that you can eat. Yeah, so they grow really fast. Yeah. This is, this that was kind of a win-win. But what about pork nipples? I, yeah. I bought a whole I have side. Of, I bought a side of pork belly uh-huh. from oh, like a, in, in yes. Chicago in like the meatpacking district. Like you can He's go like chasing and, me around the apartment with these. So I cleaned pig it. Pig boobies, so and I, I was like, no. pig nests. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, I laughed. Were you saving really them for hard. something in particular? He just had just to, to clean just them just terrorize Mikey. Yeah, okay. Entertainment. Totally it. It's cheaper if you buy it with everything still intact because then you can clean it yourself. But it was still like it was very disturbing to see, and especially it, being chased around the apartment with it. I was like, <laughs> I was at my wits' end. You really have to have like the the weight of like how much is this going to harm my relationship versus like how, how much, much am I going to personally enjoy the it? personal satisfaction? Like definitely outweighed that. Yeah. So. One of my jobs in high school, we we made the, the best BLT ever, um, but we would buy whole sides of bacon. It was my job to to, to clean it, clean it, which involves like taking a knife and kind of getting under this huge sheet of skin that still has like hair and nipples on it. Yeah, sure. and, um, yeah. yeah, I was like 16 and doing that. And, see, like, I prefer the front of the house where I don't have to see all of that. And I just get like the beautiful, like finished product. Like you appreciate the effort, but yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, but, wait, chicken doesn't come in yellow packages. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> at least you didn't have to kill it. That is very true. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, anyway, and how do we get on that dark topic? I don't, I don't know. know. But let, I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect. So, the restaurant, the Mockingbird, will have been open for two years in August. How um or how much earlier before the opening of the restaurant did you guys move to Nashville? We moved actually about a year prior to opening. Um, and then there was a series of delays. Shocking. But what did you move to Nashville to open the restaurant? We did. Okay. So we had had the Yo Soy, this tangent-inducing underground, underground supper club. Um, through that, Mikey had gotten, and at the time he had worked at a restaurant with Monique in Chicago. So we had known her and then kind of like tangentially kept in touch, but he signed me up for Chopped. I was on Chopped. And Which I didn't even know that... Uh, I was going to be the competitor. No, because uh, I I signed... I would sign him up for any and everything I possibly could. We ended up on this show on Esquire TV called, like, Illegal Eater, where they, like, followed around these underground suppers from across the United States. Uh, and so, like, any and every, like, podcast or newspaper or television station I can get us into, like... 
I would sign us up for it because like we were doing something a bit different with being a pop and pop pop up. Uh, it was like, <laughs> it was, uh, it was something that like, uh, I just wanted to like his talents to be, to be shown on a larger scale. And so I sent in like an application on the food network and, um, I just filled in all the information for him, but I put his telephone number on there because if they called and asked some kind of like technique about how to take off pig nipples, I'd be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not Brian. Just kidding. Let me pass you the phone to him. So they ended up calling him and he immediately called me and was like, what did you do? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, so I just cut off the horn with like Jessica from the Food Network. Yeah. What'd you do? But, but yeah. how surprised were you, Brian, to get that call? I was legitimately surprised. Really? Yeah. So you, yeah. you weren't just used to Mikey doing this to you at this point? I mean, I was, but this was a different scale. Okay. I was like, I mean, come on. Because yeah, even on our honeymoon, we were supposed to be on that show on MSNBC called like the restaurant profit or restaurant it's almost like shark tank but for restaurants Mm. and you like go in front of these investors and they they possibly invest in you we got to like the last phase where we had to send in like 200 pages of paper paperwork and we were on our honeymoon in india and i don't know if you've ever been to india but finding a fax machine is (laughs) like especially in the south of india that it's like kind of isolated uh, so it we, was very like Indiana Jones from the Lost Crusade. Yeah. Like. Except trying to find a fax machine instead of uh, the oh. Ten Commandments. Yeah. And we found one. It was like a dollar fifty per sheet to fax over. Oh and we're my like, gosh. this is gonna cost us so much freaking <laughs> money. So our majority of honeymoon budget went on faxing over those sheets. Oh. So he wasn't new to my antics. He uh-huh. he's he's very well versed in, in them. But that one and going in uh, national television with uh, with Chopped was, I think. It was. It was great. So Met, the re- call went well. The call went well. It got on Chopped, reconnected with Manit, and then she was like, hey, so we have this space in Nashville. Would you all be interested in coming down? And I wasn't sure like how serious they were, if they just wanted to spend a long weekend with us. And then um, it turns out they were serious about opening a restaurant. So... You know, contractually, we worked around everything, came up with a concept, did all the... Well, I think you're, like, skipping over all the nitty-gritty. Of course, there's, like, pros and cons, because we would have to leave Chicago, which that's what we had worked for eight and a half years for, is building a clientele so that we would eventually open our brick-and-mortar restaurant in Chicago, because that's where people knew who we were and knew our food. And uh, so at the end of the episode, when Brian came out victorious, Manit was like, you know, we, we do need to talk. And so I was like sure let's definitely talk like we've got some spaces picked out in chicago uh we've run some numbers on them and uh she was like well just come to nashville and we'll we'll talk further so i was like okay so of course like it's not good to talk numbers over the telephone so it's in person that we're gonna go over this and so it was like uh you know we do have some spaces that we've been looking at and she was like put that away she's like uh it's if i were to invest in you it, it's got to be here in nashville that that you that you live because this is where i live this is where my restaurant is and if i'm gonna invest in y'all i want to be able to be there to, to help y'all if you kind of need some advice along the way uh and it would be too hard to do that all the way from chicago to, to nashville so we had to really seriously like go over what would be the most beneficial for us to do at that time and if it was you know worth the risk of of packing up our knives and lives and and making nashville our new home but ultimately you've met money when she asked you to like <laughs> it's hard know. to say how no. do you yeah yeah you can't you know when a celebrity chef is like hey i i want to be your business partner in something that is your creation and like it's you have full control over the menu, the beverage, like everything. Like, you know, it's y'all's baby. I'm just here to flex muscles if need be. You kind of don't think too long and hard about it. It's a pretty, it's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, yeah. it's like such a, I mean, what a mentor. Yeah. She, yeah, you're, yeah. you're very true about that. She is. Um, let's take a really quick break. And when we come back, let's get more into like the, the move from Chicago to Nashville and then leading up to opening doors at the Mockingbird. We'll yeah. be right back. Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, very 
very, very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. We're back. All right. We learned something new just now. <laughs> We're just talking about regional uh, words to D- describe yeah. remote controls and or shoes. So, Not yeah. important. What is important? I think it's important. <laughs> so what is important? So you guys obviously had to make a really pivotal life decision to, I mean, Manicho Han is wonderful. We all love her, but still it's like a monumental sort of change to make um, after you've been building. So, you know, building up to this moment to open up your own restaurant in Chicago. And then this opportunity presents itself to head to Nashville. It's a great city, yeah. but it's, different from chicago so what kind of was there one thing or a few things um that made you decide to take the leap i don't know if it was like one thing particular i would say it was like a um kind of gathering of different things we witnessed while we had gone to visit um i think we went about three or four times over a pan a span of like uh five or six months or so and we just ate our way through town and uh, got to see what the existing culinary landscape was like and what we could add to it. Uh, Because there was already a lot of farm to table. There was already a lot of fried chicken and like biscuits and gravy and so, and meat and threes. And so we definitely had to um, kind of see what we could do to to add our our mark on it. Um, But I I don't know. I was impressed with the culinary scene that was existing before, like, we got there as well. And you could tell that it's a burgeoning scene. So there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of room to, you know, express yourself and be creative and uh, a lot of gaps to be filled in, which is terrific. You know, it's it's great. Like, as a business opportunity, it was a really solid decision. Can you talk about some of the restaurants that you admire in Nashville and kind of what what made you really develop like a respect for it as a culinary town? Um, so there's a few. One of them that I think uh, we're both in love with is uh, called Two Tin Jack, and they do like uh, Japanese izakaya, uh, like, like small plates or whatnot. And uh, we got to meet the owners um, at. Uh, at an event before the restaurant had opened and she was amazing so I fell in love with her like her personality and she's like if you ever need anything or if you need to reach out like if you just need like a soundboard like I'm I'm here and I was like that is so freaking sweet and then it was just like bonus points at her restaurant kicks ass so uh, that was one thing that I saw that I really liked also that it, it showed like like a uh, side of culture in the culinary scene there. Um, so like coming from Chicago, there's like within, you know, 10 feet radius, there's, there's Japanese, Chinese, Mexican, a diner. Uh, there's just a, a gamut of, of culture cuisine wise um, at a stone's throw. So I was, I was happy to see that was happening in, in Nashville and that it was, that it was delicious. What is like butcher and bee was one of your favorite. Butcher ones. and bee is great. They do kind of, Israeli Middle Eastern influence small plates and it's just solid Brian the chef Brian Weaver is he's fantastic as well so those were two we went to Catbird Seat oh Catbird Seat was fancy <laughs> yeah that was like the molecular gastronomy type of thing it was like Tasting whoa the and the whole, the yeah whole I was like this is very impressive um and once again like we were talking to like the chef there and, and it, it doesn't feel like it's like a, a competitive city when it comes to that. Like they're all very much like it's a community. And so they're like, Hey, if you ever need anything, like reach out, here's my number. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. Cause in Chicago, like you keep your cards kind of close to your, like you don't show them in there. They're just like, Oh, this is this like, Oh, you love that dish. This is the recipe. And I'm like, dang. All right. This it's is cool. It's great. I love this. Um, and they, the city and the chefs have definitely embraced us with open arms, which is, wonderful um so that's that's been something that's been really pretty pretty outstanding yeah especially because like whenever we did uh move there it was during uh like 2016 which was like a a really tough time i think for america uh just Mm -hmm. it it was kind of being divided a bit uh between like you know a couple of parties 
and we were going into the South, which like in like, you know, Chicago or whatever, people are just like, eeks, like, oh, I hope, uh, hope you don't die. See you later. And it's like, eeks, I, what, what's, what do you mean? Is it that scary? And so it, it, it was nothing like that. Like we were kind of tense for like no reason. And we had actually uh, asked Manit about that. Like, listen, like Brian and I are a married couple. We've been together 15 years. Um, do we need to like be very careful about how we describe ourselves? Like, do I just say like, oh, Brian's my roommate and, you know, chef owner. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I'm a woman. I'm from India. Like I'm here in the South and I've had no problems. And if anybody has a problem with it, then they're, they're not the guests that we want. And so we can just kindly ask them to leave. And I was like, I think she said you can tell them to go fuck off. Okay. Yeah, that sounds more like I money. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this, this is on? a family show. Uh, I yeah. think Manit would be happy with you saying that. This <laughs> well, that, that yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're in cahoots with the right person. Absolutely, and thankfully yeah. we have had zero issues with, with, any, with anything uh, dealing with that uh, with that issue, so that was kind of something that that was on the forefront uh, of our of our mind whenever we were moving to Nashville. But yeah, no, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, as you started to think conceptualize the Mockingbird, um, and you had spent a lot of time in the in the food scene, had been eating around a lot, which, by the way, was hot uh, hot, chicken hot chicken on the list early on. We. Kind of toyed around with an idea about it, but you don't want to like pander too much. Yeah. And there's already places that that are known for their hot chicken. People are going to come to the Mockingbird and be like, "Oh, we need their hot chicken." You're it's like, like, "Don't go there." Yeah. So what, like, what sort of niches were you trying to fill? Uh, I would. Foods. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ethnic flavors mm-hmm. don't yeah. exist um, in Nashville. So there's um, smaller ethnic communities than you have in other major metropolitan areas. So uh, there were definitely a lot of flavors that I'm comfortable with or that I love, like all of Latin America, Mexico, and the Middle East, Korea, Japan. Yeah, so like we said, like some of the earlier restaurants we went to, they only specialized in that one cuisine. And so like under one roof, you wouldn't be able to get like a gamut of flavors, like uh, you know, I, I, I have an experimental palate. I like to try different things with, with my first course. I may want something that's going to be like very French because, you know, my husband's a Francophile. Uh, and then for my main course, I may just want a burger. And there was really nothing that offered that variety under one roof without having to, to jump from restaurant to restaurant. So, uh, I think that's what we pinpointed and we're like, let's work off of that. And thankfully, since we did have our catering company that we did these underground suppers for, our cuisine was inspired Mexican. So every month we did a different cuisine on top of Mexican cuisine. So we did Mexican French, we did Mexican Italian, we did Mexican Canadian. Um, (laughs) We did uh, like Mexican Indian uh, after we came back from India for um, our honeymoon. Uh, We kind of did like a recap of our uh, flavors that we tasted there and kind of gave our spin to it. So we had already had like an arsenal of recipes that we wanted to to put out there that we had already made tried and true through our pop-ups. Uh, so, yeah. That was... That's something that Manit does a lot too. Um, with like, she will make Indian food that is very much wrapped up in other cuisines too. Yeah. And I, this brings me to wanting to ask you, um, how do you feel about the word fusion? Oh, the F word. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped the F bomb. I don't know. It's kind of become a dirty word, but I, I think that it, it's really useful and symbolic in like the like modern culture that we live in today. Because like society, like if you live in New York or Chicago or LA, like it is like this melting pot of all these different cultures, and you can go to little Vietnam or Chinatown or Devon Street and have all the Indian food or Ethiopian food. or Yeah, but so, once again, they're all segregated. They're not fused. And so right. I think um, it was like maybe the, what is it, like the the, AD, the ADD palette that kind of brought them together. It's like, oh, I love this. I love this. Put it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It works. Uh, I think that's kind of what put it together. But yeah, I, I do try to like shy away from the, from from that F word. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, Brian, would you call what you, the food you cook fusion? Why or why not? Uh, no. We, like, the elevator pitch is that we're a modern diner with global twists on comfort food. Mm-hmm. So. And then my other question was, like, how, 
when you're thinking about putting a menu together and you know that you're going to be borrowing influences and flavors from around the world, things that you enjoy yourself, how do you do that but then make a menu that feels cohesive to where you can order a starter and a, and a main that seem to be kind of incongruent but then are actually really good as a pair? I, it's something that we work really hard on. And I sit down with my sous chefs and we work with the farmers that, you know, there's about a third two-thirds of the menu that are super seasonal and they change you know five to six times a year um so we might keep it'll be a fish but the setup kind of changes around that so i don't know like currently with this iteration it leaned well i i feel like it's easy to go from like course one japanese to like course two uh you know, pot pie or something along that line because the flavors are bold, but they're not lasting. Mm. Uh, so it's like you enjoy it in that moment, but it's nothing that's going to like linger to like kill your next course. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's how we've like su successfully transitioned um, the menu and the items from uh, each other. Uh, mm. Nothing is like too like overpowering in no. a certain sense. And we are taking a lot of comfort foods that people are familiar with and just putting the little twists on them. So whether it's short ribs or pot pie. Or yeah, the bechamel pot pie cheese. with truffle butter. Mm. I think calling it a diner is great because then like you go to a diner and you expect to have a little bit of a hodgepodge, but then it's yeah. all going to be delicious yeah. together. Yeah. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 That's the it's thing. not too serious, but it's something that everyone loves. And you can take your parents and you can go on a date and you can go like with just friends and like that's exactly what we wanted yeah that's what we envisioned we just had somebody come in for brunch the day they were like oh we just came back from the gym is it okay that we're in here i was like sure come as you are you yeah money yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure enough or even if you don't because there's also been some people that have been down on their luck that have stopped by and we've like fed them because it's we're human i once how does that work do they walk in and say like hey i when, i've got this much or when we I'm first really opened hungry. yeah we would have like uh because there was there's a center that's not too far from us for um, for people that are down on their luck. And when we first opened, like we had a couple that would come in and they would order just coffee and sit at the bar and try to get change out to pay for it. And it was just like, we're good. It's mm. coffee. And if there's like you know something in the back that we can make that's pretty quick and pretty cost effective, I'm mm. not going to send out like a hanger steak or anything crazy like that and, and take temperatures. But if there's like, you know, some mac and cheese or something we can whip together, then like bring that out. And it, it, it's like far and few between. It's not like he went and told his homies like, hey, come over here. They're going to like, you know, feed us for free. It was just something it's in those like moments. A, a that nice it's thing like, to do. Yeah. yeah. We're not a soup kitchen, but yeah. we are human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Not everyone is these days. Yeah, it's. I could and like my staff was asking me like whenever the first time it happened like hey you know are we gonna ask this guest to leave and I was like, no, like I can't do that. Where's he like, but no, we can't do that. So, uh, and it was like and if it's a problem about like a tip then, I'll you know give you five bucks or something. But like, don't don't do that. And uh, I think it quickly like the staff saw like oh. The owners have hearts. Like, this is great. It's like, no, I don't, you don't have to give me a tip. Like, yeah, this person's down on their luck. And so it's like, changed that work mode into human mode uh, when it's like situations like that. Mm. You know? Um, so I know Katie's heading to Nashville soon. So, so soon. On so soon. behalf of her, um, obviously she has the Mockingbird on her list. I know <laughs> yes. this. Uh, what other places would you recommend in Nashville that are your current favorites? Uh, folk. Folk is wonderful. Yep. Uh, Philip Krasniak, he started with Rolf and Daughters, and now they have Falk and their uh, buddies of ours. Uh, Chef Deb at Etch. <laughs> That's like a fancier I, one. I like, was at Etch my last trip to Nashville, and it's so had delicious. A great time. She yeah. is a hoot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get, have you got Deb to meet Packet. her? Yeah. I did meet her on. that day, but I, yeah, we've had her on previously. <laughs> She's amazing. She Shout out to Deb. It's so amazing. Yeah. I love her. She was like one of the other like first personalities we met in Nashville, and I was like, sign me the <laughs> heck up. <laughs> like this is a wild train that I want to be part of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We at Food and Wine Festival like three years back. Uh, at Charleston Food and Wine, there was like an after party for like uh, all the like chefs and restaurateurs of the South, and uh, Deb was like at her table, and I was just like, 
kind of freaking out. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like by the end of the night, she was on the table like dancing and it was like, <laughs> it was so fantastic. I was like, you go. Yes. This wasn't the William Sonoma party, eye. was it? It was um, uh, at Butcher and B, the, oh, the, the uh, party yeah, three years back. And I we missed that one. Yeah. Oh, Damn. it did. I think it started at like midnight. <laughs> that sounds was, about right. Yeah, it was. A, People it was, were living their best lives. That Heck yeah, that's what you do yeah. at Charleston. Yes, yeah. Charleston you do. Is... Um, and then okay, wait, so Mikey, wait, do, you, do you have any more? more? I'll take them. Give them, give them all to me. What else did we? Uh, at Folk. Um, Justin Taylor is good. Fifty Taylor is really delicious. City House is always City House strong. is my that's favorite. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it. Katie can't say Nashville in a sentence without also saying City House. It's true. Really? It just comes out. <laughs> it comes out. Yeah, Germantown is like it's just crazy right now. Um, Lira is over there. Yeah, Lira is everyone there for your birthday dinner. We did. It was delicious. So many great places. What yeah. about bars? Favorite bars? Um, Attaboy, which I think you'll have an Attaboy here. We do here. have yep. an Attaboy, except I can't get into it because I don't have two hours to stand on the <laughs> sidewalk. <laughs> you'll probably get into the Nashville one a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, old Glory uh-huh. uh, is oh, yeah. fantastic. It's in like this old factory, uh, I believe. So cool. It was an old, like, turn of the century, like, steam like mill like, or something. Okay, not like a bathhouse, which was what I was picturing. No. Unfortunately. No. no. Okay. An what industrial. Is, what is her like one of the owners is uh we met her at a Passover dinner like two weeks ago and I could not like stop staring at her. She's so beautiful and I was like, I have to be your friend. <laughs> I love your bar and I I just I I immediately like I love your energy. And I kind of like uh, made it a point to have to make her text me so we can hang out, which I still need to follow up on that. Uh, yeah, so OG. Um, what is the other one? L.A. Jackson at the Thompson Hotel is really nice to go up there and get a little view of the city. Nice. Um, there's a couple downtown bars that, I mean, it depends like what, like, are you going to like. Get down and dirty. Get down and dirty. Are you going to do, like, the honky-tonks? Well, like, w- just uh, hypothetically, if there were, like, a wedding after party, the after-after oh. party, or the after-after-after party. Miss Lonnie's, oh, wow. the karaoke bar. Ambitious. Yeah, it, it's on Printer's, Printer's, Alley. Printer's Alley. It's like a karaoke bar that has a dance floor in front of it, so everybody just dances no matter what song you're singing. Like, <laughs> they are just, like, dancing their, like, their asses uh, off. We, we only do private room karaoke here. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, this is it, not private room. This is a fully no. on display, huh? No, it's, yeah. it's Kitty Corner to Skull's Rainbow Room, which is a burlesque show. That's really cool, and their co- their old fashioned there is like it's killer. Yeah, it's pretty solid. So. Where else do we go? Do we we really don't have a life because it turns out running a restaurant's very time consuming, <laughs> especially when you do brunch. Yes, turns out. so we live within the four walls of uh, sounds about right. Yeah, of the restaurant, but whenever people come in from out of town, is where we get torn away from the restaurant mm-hmm. and so like i it's like a blessing and a curse because it's like well we're gonna go ahead and, and leave the restaurant to our, our team and they're gonna have to handle it because we're gonna we have to go out like our, our parents are in town we got to go hit the town with them so it's it's a lot of fun but the drag bar is also a ton of fun that's what you should do what's it called it's called play um and they do drag shows on the weekends and the drag in the south is um Unlike any other drag you've seen before in your life. Just next level. It's It's... next level. There used to be, like, one of the drag queens that's on RuPaul right now, she's, like, in the top five, used to be the main performer there. Um, What the heck is her name? What about the Blissful Union of Drag and Brunch? Oh. That's at Susie Wong's. Yeah, it exists. I tend to keep what like about my, you guys? Would my you do pantyhose like and eggs separate. Yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's just I don't it's just a, kind of a rule I live by. I don't, we don't have a lot of rules. So but. you don't like the church crowd. <laughs> no. The Sunday church crowd. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the old ladies with their hairspray and their nylons. Two of them easy, nylon on the side. I only like, I only like my drag at night. I don't know uh-huh. why. It I don't know. Some liquid courage to build up enough mm. stamina to. Yeah, but there's there's a, there's a great bar scene that's happening in Nashville, and it's even got us like last night we went to um, Indochine to mm-hmm. have dinner, mm-hmm. and oh, 
loved the attitude there. It was amazing. Like, they were so mean to me. I was like, oh my God, this is great. (laughs) That sounds terrible. I know, but I was like, I feel like I'm getting this, like, New York experience you only, like, hear about. uh, And it was just like, oh, feed it to me. This is great. Uh, (laughs) Be mean to me. Um, And I ordered, like, this, uh, I ordered like bourbon on the rocks or whatever. And a friend of mine that I've known for like 20 years was at dinner with us and Manit, she was there with us too. And uh, she was like, oh, that's such a butch drink to be ordering. Uh, Cause usually I'd order like a mojito or some type of like martini of sorts. And uh, it's just, it, the South wears off on you. Like you just, the bourbon becomes your blood oh, yeah. and like you need it. Well, we're we're fully behind agendering drinks here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so get ready for some bourbon in, in Nashville because that's the thing. I'm there. Yeah, it's so gonna good. be amazing. bourbon. I can't wait. Drags. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be Mix seeing you guys together. again yeah. soon. If you still want to hang out with me after our next segment, Oops. which is trivia. trivia. We what? have some quick trivia for you. <laughs> Your uh, faces right this now. This was not on. <laughs> Were you not Don't briefed worry. on this? I um, need more liquid courage. Yes, you do. You're I... welcome to. We have a full bar here at HR Wait, is this Studios. like truth or dare? No. Uh, no. It's... But but good idea. Come back. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. We we'll do that next time. For next time. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so we do trivia every thursday on a happy hour okay. um but fortunately for you you are not alone in this grilling you have teammates um hannah have, have you, you seen the questions us? i also have not seen the questions. so hannah and i are on your team yes. Yes. and um you're you're gonna do great okay is it history or is it like well what is it funny Kat? you should ask so <laughs> we'd like to get inspired by our guests to write some trivia but it's never it can never be anything that you're like too knowledgeable about so it's a little bit like not my job Okay. So life. Oh, this is great. It's about life. Life is just not my job. We it is inspired by the name of your restaurant, The okay. Mockingbird. Yes. Okay. As we know, the mockingbirds are famous for copying the songs of other birds. Yes, yes, yes. So this is trivia about foods pretending to be other foods. I love it. Okay. <laughs> great. Yeah. I'm okay. glad you're excited. Yeah. All right, question number one. What route was used as a substitute for coffee in New Orleans during the Civil War when coffee supplies ran low and has become part of New Orleans-style coffee today? Chicory. Correct. Hey. Good job. Um, Question number two. What fragrant oil often drizzled on French fries or crostini is often made with chemical flavoring rather than the fungi it's named for? Truffle. Correct. You're Truth doing way too well at this. Uh, <laughs> we need to make them harder. <laughs> Question number three. Burger King announced in April that it would release a vegan Whopper made with a patty from which popular meat substitute company? Impossible Burger. Correct. Yeah. Cleaning up. I know. Question number four. What is the egg white substitute known as aquafaba made of? Chickpea liquid. Correct. And to make harder trivia. <laughs> well, I use that at the restaurant. Sauce, so. What did you make? We make a fancy sauce for the hamburger out oh. of aquafaba. So it goes on our, we have a vegan Reuben that we make. We like make house-made seitan kind of in the corned beef style. Um, and then we... Seitan? <laughs> hail Seitan? <laughs> the taco is all, hail, all no, kale seitan. All kale seitan. <laughs> kale and seitan. On, our, on, ta- on Tuesdays only, we do Taco Tiki Tuesdays. And that's taco like, you can Tuesday. only get that taco on Tuesday, and it's all kale seitan. Kat, just kidding. I'm actually not coming back from Nashville. You'll be fine, right? I figured that you would happen. This. Yeah. I'll meet you there. Okay. Uh, we're moving HR in. No big deal. Um, all right. Last question. In, 23, in, a, in a 2013 episode of This American Life. I thought you were going to say, in a world. In a world. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'm phrasing this wrong. Let me start over. A 2013 episode of This American Life called Doppelgangers included a segment investigating a rumor that what popular fried mm-hmm. appetizer was being substituted with Calamari. pork bung? Calamari. Correct. Yes. I love Ira Glass. Yeah. We do too. Yes. yes. They Ira, moved if you're here listening. from Chicago. I they don't do? They're all, the whole. WBEZ? Not WBEZ. <laughs> no. But Ira Glass and the. This, this American, American Life. Life. Yeah. They moved. They're, I think it was but they're still on WBEZ, right? Yeah. They just yeah. record yeah. it here? Yeah. Very confusing. It's... Yeah, because I think for like your 26th birthday, we went to. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. <clears throat> Nerd alert. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not nerd. That's no. we're those we're those <laughs> in good company. No, I listen. I'm not. I just went with my with my boyfriend at the time. I was. I was like, this myself. is so boring. So you guys will be. You guys will love our Brian, favorite for you. You guys will love our favorite joke. So, you know, like we're we're a nonprofit radio station, so we're kind of like NPR, except yeah. that NPR stands for No Pizza Radio. Uh. Because uh. <laughs> of Roberta, Mikey. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, it wait, didn't land the way I thought it would. I know. <laughs> uh, I, it's our sorry. best dad joke. Yes, because we're in a pizza place. Exactly. Okay. He's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say some kind of like, some kind of joke like, oh, who is the person that doesn't, wouldn't like, that would think something is disgusting? Like, oh, Terry Gross. I, I, I don't know. I, I was expecting who, that. Yeah. I love Terry Gross. Well, we he's too. pretty is going to be the name of this episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so something great came out of that. Oh my God. Yeah, to like further plant our roots in Nashville, we just filmed an episode of House Hunters. Where, Stop. Yeah. You're on it? Yeah. yeah. Speaking oh of fangirls. Yeah, so. I was going to ask what else you were signing him up for. House now I have my answer. And oh. Bobby Flay. I signed him up for Bobby Flay as well. Uh, our, I was suspecting. Our PR company had no idea that it happened. <laughs> and uh, You'd be a great stage mom. <laughs> wait. Wait. Be, what? Okay, okay, you are a great <laughs> stage <laughs> husband. <laughs> what would be the term? There's got to be another term for it. I don't it. know, like a pageant mom? <laughs> pageant spells? Watch out, Brian. You're going to have a sash and a crown. I know. Soon. Choreography yeah. oh, is coming. Pat, it, Oh yeah, <laughs> we so. don't worry. We have more drinks. Yeah, we we did. We just filmed that episode. It wrapped up like two weeks ago. It's it intense. Was, did it you sixty hours of filming? Oh my god! Whoa! Yeah. Did you actually yeah. buy a house? Yeah. Through the process. Okay. Yeah, sure enough. So it's, it's so it's real. It's so for like reals. worth it. The only thing staged is the houses. Um, <laughs> Brian's face. Well, right now. <laughs> no, the houses were the houses were real. Uh, we just had to like yeah we. Because we saw like 12 houses or so, but we only went to like three of them with camera crews. Mm. Um, but it was, yeah, it was it was intense. So When is it airing? Uh, probably in a couple of months. They haven't given us the official date yet. I think there's... It'll be the first to know. I please hope. let us Please. Know. I, I mean, hope. I think Kat's going to know anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> the I, only thing I love more up. than house hunters is the tiny house hunters. Yeah, because I, I love how they're always like, I want to get a tiny house. And then they're like... The kitchen's kind of small. <laughs> it's like you are shopping for a tiny <laughs> house. <laughs> what the? Yeah. What is yeah. wrong with you? Well, I have four kids. They'll all sleep on the floor. Yeah. Uh-huh. They'll be fine. And like, we won't hear them complain from underneath us. Yeah. Also, I didn't click on it, but I was scrolling through guide yesterday, and there was something called zombie tiny tiny house. What? I don't know what it was. Excuse me. I didn't watch it. Will wouldn't let me click on it, but I need to know. So if any, anybody out there, if you Will, know what Zombie House, Zombie Tiny House is about, please that's a real thing. Let me know. I have to go. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah. That's the next thing you should sign up for. You guys need to buy a tiny house that has like paranormal investigations happening. Haunted it. tiny house. Yes, like we'll check off all the boxes. LGBT, yes. Latino, yes. Chef, yes. Zombie, yes. yes. <laughs> Done. Werewolf. Done. Done. What more do you want? Dragons? Yes. We can do it. I can we do got it. a dragon. Yes, I can do it. Sure. In a world oh full of dragons. Can we do a spinoff yes. of our show that's this, this group? Yes. <laughs> Commenting on pop culture and getting more ideas of what shows that Brian and Mikey can sign up for. For that yes. show, I want a mic. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I like, you guys are so witty. I'm like, well, I have interjections, but I'm three feet away from the mic. Yeah. I'm not funny enough. You need to sit closer, Hannah. We're waiting, we're waiting for our own show. Oh my gosh! Don't wait any longer. Okay. You were in the perfect place. Let's do it. Yay. I told you, like there. So with all the new industry, uh, with all the new restaurants that are happening in Nashville, and all the industry people are moving in from all over the country, I was like, we need a sounding board. Like we need like a, a place where all the industry people can get together and just share their grievances because like therapy is too much. It's too expensive. Podcasting uh, is the new therapy. I like that idea. So I want to start like this uh, shift happens. And uh, like it would be uh, like on Sunday nights, anybody from the industry is invited to come up and they have five minutes to get up and tell their... It's like the moth. Their zaniest (gasps) stories 
of, it could either be very sad, it could be very happy, it could be just a moment that they need to share with everybody to like, is this normal? Uh, and get it off their chest. We're going to have to cut this part of the show because it's too good of an idea to I share know. publicly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we already trademarked it. Go away, everybody. <laughs> so, you heard it here first. Shift happens. Shift happens. Yeah. That's gold. Okay, that's the best place we could end on. <laughs> stay tuned. Nobody better stay, steal that. Stay tuned, people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So I have Katie's going to have more work for her when she goes down to Nashville because you guys have to work this idea out some more. Yeah. Done. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. We okay. have some logistics. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, guys, I am so excited. So we we um, we always say when, when we've had like previous guests on HR and Happy Hour, you're always welcome to come back and co-host, but also you're always welcome to create a spinoff. So, yeah, we have some things to shout about. But this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. It has been an absolute blast. I wish we could keep you here forever, except yes. that uh, I'm excited to go see you in Nashville, so <laughs> yes. we need you to go back. Um, but um, yeah, Mikey and Brian, it has been an absolute pleasure having you today. Oh, this is pleasure is all ours. This is so much fun. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks to our engineer, Amanda, thanks, Amanda. for holding down the fort and uh, rapid fire, correct answers. No buzzers this week. Man. Yeah, not a single... We didn't say this, but you won trivia. You did win trivia. I hope that you win with Bobby Flay. Let's keep that winning streak going. Yes. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. All right. Well, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Kat. That's our show. We'll see see you next next Thursday. Adios. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.